I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okame. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast, and we are founding members of the Odd Pods Media Network. Are you looking for a great collection of podcasts? Look no further than the Odd Pods Media Network. No matter your personal interests, the Odd Pods Media Network has you covered from movies, music, television, video games, pop culture, interviews, and more. We've got it all. As a member of Speaker Prime, Odd Pods Media has great content to bring you. Let's hear from some of the shows and the hosts on the network. Hello, this is Little Matt. I'm Sam. I'm Richie from the 500 Section Lounge. I am CJ, and with me as always is my hetero life mate, Rico. Hey guys, I'm Rico, and we are the hosts of Podest Podcast. Hey, I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okami. From the Super, Super Media Bros, Bros Podcast. I'm Shannon. I'm Jamie. You're married with television. Hey, I'm Pantsless Aaron. This is Stevie. And I'm Augie. And we are BFYTW. I'm Dylan. I'm Kendall. And I'm Corey, hosts of From the Middle. Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From the Infectious Groove Podcast. Our diverse collection of hosts share news, opinions, and interesting stories in a way that will not only keep your attention, but will keep you wanting more. New content is available seven days a week from the network in places like your favorite podcast provider, YouTube, Get Vocal, and all social media outlets. You can follow Odd Pods Media Network on social media and find your new favorite podcast and friends today. Magical costume changes. Stiff drinks. Literally. Sink pissing. You ready to head to Amityville? I'm already there. is that actually at i really don't fucking know dude if amityville is anywhere it's it's in this giant city somewhere 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 in amityville amityville yes somewhere there is amityville no cocaine though no no stupid cocaine damn it no dragon sound no No friends no friends (laughs) a friend welcome to a special bonus episode of spooky media bros 2021 i'm in that agent raw and I'm Okami. Today, we're going to bring you a, uh, a treat. Not a trick. But we have a treat just for you. And you over there, just, just sitting down. Making all that noise. We know what you're thinking. What could possibly be a treat from you two? Well. Anything, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sit there and enjoy it. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about Amityville Cop. Straight from Greg Hatanaka and Gino McGahee, who we just recently did an interview with. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about this film coming out eventually, which is now. So it's on video on demand. There's a link in the description below. If you'd like to pause this and go check that out and then come back to listen to this, you're more than welcome. But beware, spoilers abound for those of you that haven't seen it. Hell, if you want, you can go back to the interview episode, go watch the movie, and then come back here. Yeah, do that. That's also in the show notes. Yeah. So Amityville Cop is a 2021 horror film written by Gino McGahee and directed by Gregory Hatanaka of Cinema Epoch. And let's just jump right into it. This was a short film. 
I say short, but like today's standards, uh, uh, an hour and eight minutes is, is fairly short, Mm -hmm. but that is a big help because what is the one thing that you and I say most of the time when we talk about some movies, this is way too long. It's too long. They could have cut a lot of bullshit out. There's a lot of filler, blah, blah, blah. There's really not a whole bunch of filler in this one. No, it's straight to the point. And it's, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good watch. Mm-hmm. So just jumping right into it, there's really no other way to put this than a city that is haunted by a bloody past has led to the emergence of some serious police brutality. As bodies pile up, two detectives seek to stop a demonic force that's terrorizing the neighborhood. But where do we start in this journey? Some guy who looks like a mobster. <laughs> yeah, that's, that guy. <laughs> I, I don't even know what his purpose was in this film besides just filler. And I, ve- I okay, I don't even know. His name was Jason. Yeah, I don't even know how old this chick was in real life or in this film, but she seemed very underaged. <laughs> yeah, she was throwing him a birthday party that nobody was at, but everybody had just just left. But he looked surprised, like, "Oh, everybody left!" I'm like, dude, nobody showed. <laughs> yeah, what drugs were you on? <laughs> right, it's that that damn cocaine that we can't find here. But he kept thanking her. I guess they were a fling lovers married. I don't fucking know at this point. And he was like, yeah, thank you for this birthday party. It was very sweet of you. Whatever. He drives off, gets pulled over. And this cop walks up to the window. He's like, if I was speeding officer, I'm sorry. And he's just like, you know, if you just let me go, it's my birthday. I fucking love that line so much. He's just like, I mean, you can't give a guy a ticket on his birthday, right? And he just looks, he's like, uh, listen, officer, it looks like maybe you're having a bad night. And I get that. That's cool. No, dude, it's not cool. If he's having a bad night, that means you're in for a bad night. And then proceeds to not read him his rights. (laughs) He just flat out murders this motherfucker for no reason. He broke some law. We don't know what law. Well, he broke his jaw. Yeah. He was breaking the jaw. Breaking the jaw. But that's what cracks me up. He's just like, I won't be a bother anymore. I'm going to go home. Sound good? What do you say? You have the right to remain silent. And he gets murdered. But he looks so happy that he's murdered. And then we just cut to the central department where we get introduced to Detective Miller. Who is one of the best characters of this whole fucking film. (laughs) Yeah, played by Jason Toller. And we get introduced to the captain. Like their little conversation because he just comes in with his coffee and he's just like, oh, I'm sorry I'm late. There was a fat lady in the front line ordering everything off the menu like donuts, cakes, cookies. I mean, I don't understand. We just use the app. That's what it was invented for. But the captain proceeds to berate him for this force of entry (laughs) situation at an apartment. Yeah, he's sitting there. He's just like, yeah, I've got like two lawsuits shoved right up my ass. Okay, how does that fit up there? (laughs) Right? I just love that he just sits there and he's like, what do you mean up your ass? You didn't even do anything. But yeah, apparently he broke a door, he broke a coffee table, and he broke a TV. And he explained that the door was, the person kept slamming the door in his face, so he decided to kick it in so he can get entry. The guy fell on the table. After dancing with after him. After dancing with him. And the TV, he just didn't like the TV, so he just broke it anyway. Yeah, he was just like, oh, oh, TV, TV's my fault. He was watching that chef dude, that French guy that yells at people, and I don't really like that. And I also don't like crap, so I took care of the TV and smashed it up myself. So TV's my fault. <laughs> I fucking died after that. It's just, I don't like crepes or that French, che- or that French chef, so I just smashed the TV. <laughs> fucking great, man. Yeah, and his partner Val comes and bails him out on that little exchange, and then we get introduced to like all the other characters, and Tom, I guess he's the filing dude? Yeah. He's like the 
behind the scenes does all the computer stuff, but also the lackey for all the mail, I guess. I guess this precinct is so small. He's the IT guy and the filing dude. And the mailman. And the bitch. Yep. But Miller fucks with him for living with his mom and Val's just like, uh, he, ta- he takes care of his mom. You're a total asshole. And apparently he's single and he just watches anime and he's like, that's why you're single. I feel so attacked. Yep. Any fuck away. <laughs> I mean, we're both not single. We both watch anime. <laughs> this, so. is, this is Animeville cop. Yeah. You just didn't know. <laughs> this whole, this whole movie is just an anime style. A- yeah, exactly. But the Amityville cop in question, which we'll learn his name later. He starts fucking with this homeless dude that's just laying on the ground, just, just sitting there, just laying there, just minding his own fucking business. He just walks up. He's like, drug usage is against the law. Uh, that, oh, oh yeah, that, that, that's not mine. Must have been there before me. And it's funny because like the way he says it, the cops just, <laughs> well, loitering is against the law. <laughs> it's like he's got to like fucking pick something else out. It's like, well, what okay. else you got? Yeah. What else you got? Loitering is against the law. Well, you see, the shelter uh, had no beds left, so uh, what am I supposed to do? You have the right to remain silent. He fucking kills him. Yep. <laughs> He's just go, like, go sleep with the fishes. He's like, fuck you. I'll put you to sleep. I'll give you a permanent bed six feet under. God damn. Yeah, there's plenty of blanket for you, buddy. It's a fucking dirt nap. A permanent dirt yeah, nap. Yeah, dirt nap, basically. <laughs> yeah. He ain't homeless no more. He got a roof over his head. Yeah. Several feet of one. And this other homeless dude. That walks by, like you made me laugh whenever you, you watch this with me in the uh and Gus it's the homeless dude that's uh played by Johnny Mask he was actually one of the cartel or like one of the drug runners in Young Rebels when they fly the, the helicopter over right so he he just comes out of nowhere and he sees uh <laughs> he sees Lovey Johnson like the the guy playing the Amityville cop and he just ah! <laughs> he fucking like runs away. And even even him, like the cop is just looking at him like, what the fuck? What law can I go against him with? I'm not sure. Screaming is against the <laughs> noise ordinance. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> what if he actually did that? Oh, my God. I mean, he would find he's he's pretty much like Robocop from hell. <laughs> <laughs> Hobo cop. Yeah. He's just fucking with all the homeless people. Yeah. So then we get introduced to. Officer Mary Lewis, who is the only fucking person in this entire precinct with an actual police uniform. I'm not counting the fucking Amityville cop because we'll get to that fucking uniform change later. But yeah, Lewis is a new recruit into the precinct and the captain's just like, it's just so refreshing to see somebody actually in uniform because pretty much the whole rest of the precinct is just casual Friday. Oh, it's casual Friday every fucking day. Mm -hmm. Even Tom's wearing like one of those. It's a white button-up shirt almost but it has like the uh random like pattern on it basically i'm not even sure i can't remember the pattern but still it'd be something we would wear yeah even the captain has like a stripy like shirt but it's like it's so refreshing to see you in uniform when i'm not even doing the same thing and i run this precinct. yeah no shit moron <laughs> well he winds up teaming her up with a veteran detective named cooper played by chris spinelli and he just comes on in there and he's just like the cap tell you what happened to my last partner and it's all suspenseful and he's just like he retired <laughs> fucking jokester you yeah me all worked up what law did he break he broke the law of dad jokes he broke the law of working <laughs> he retired yeah and so then they, they kind of talk about the party that happens like apparently they throw a big new year's party every year and it's gone on for 50 like we find it later it's gone on for 50 years and all this other bullshit and apparently every year they won up the last year by making it better. And they're so upset about it because Cooper's like, hey, Cap, you heard what the governor said? 
He's limiting gatherings to 10 people, and the captain's like, that fat son of a bitch. The party last year, you know, that's the reason. The one where his son was arrested. You know, the guy that bankrolled the whole thing? That corrupt blob. Or you could just keep it small. You know how I do enjoy these gatherings. But yeah, there was just the rumor that he may not even have the party at all after everything's said and done. But I mean, they, they, they come on, they're going to have the fucking party. Yeah, they yeah, they do. There's really no secret there. Can we talk about the morgue? Yes. Okay, so the coroner is a, it's a cameo by Doug Tachioka, who was one of the co-directors of Syndicate Smasher. Val and Miller are in there, and it's the corpse of the fucking homeless guy that got stomped out earlier. And Miller peeks under the fucking sheet, and he just refers to him as Stubby. Yep. Fucking great. Let's see what killed old Stubby. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, well, I wonder what happened to old Stubby here. And I love it because Doug, the corner, he's just like, basically sitting there, he's just like, whatever did this was superhuman strong. It was like an animal attack, but nothing I've ever seen. You want to know what happened? I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't know. <laughs> such, such serious tone for nonsense. <laughs> yeah, but it's fucking funny. And then just at the, as they fucking leave, like Miller just peeks under the thing. He's just like, don't worry, Stubby. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That dude is fucking great. But didn't that one homeless dude grab Cooper's gun like when he was trying to head to the precinct? Yeah. Okay. Because like Lewis and uh, Cooper went to go have coffee and they kind of give some exposition as to each other, like why each other joined the force and all this other stuff. Right. And they're leaving and Gus just appears in broad daylight. And he's yelling, like, don't kill me, don't kill me. And he reaches for, for Cooper's gun. Well, they arrest him. And they bring him back to the station. And that's where he's, he's drunk and he's going on and on about he saw a demon. It was a demon. It was a demon, a demon, a demon, a demon. Satan, devil, a demon. But the thing is, they treat him so well. Like, normally when you reach for a police officer's gun, that's like a serious fucking offense, right? Well, he's literally just handcuffed and he's being just talked to. Like, he's not even being interrogated. He's just like, well... He reached for my gun. Yeah, I mean, we get some exposition later that Cooper is kind of, like, very much on the side of, you know, like, he just needs help. He needs to get back on his feet, victim of circumstance. You know, people like that are down on their luck, and all they need is, you know, just a, a helping hand. He doesn't want to lock him away with the drunks and shit like that. But didn't Val know him personally? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, even Cooper had some, you know... Moral compass. Absolutely. And, yeah, Val was just like, oh, I, I know Gus. I, he's my... You know, he's my bro. He's like, I volunteered the shelter and, you know, she tries to get it out of him. He's still sitting there. He's like, he killed Kevin. He looked like a cop, but he was the damn devil. Now so, this, yeah, I was going to say. So what does Val do next? Let's put you in some clean clothes. <laughs> right. And <laughs> while that's happening, the captain is like visibly just shook. And th this is like the <laughs> fucking flashback. Yeah. He's sweating bullets and goes back into the memory where, what's her name? Lorraine Landon. That's right. I couldn't think of it was somebody else I was thinking of. But anyway, yeah. So Cap had a partner. They were trying to infiltrate his warehouse and they came across this cultist that were doing a sacrifice to the captain's partner, basically. Another cameo was one of the druids uh, was Benny Chandra, the other co-director of Syndicate Smasher. Right. And the leader of the cultist was doing some kind of you know, enchanting, you know, you know, whatever you want to call it, magic, ritual thing. And she eventually turns him into this demonic cop, right? Well, the captain is literally watching this happen and he takes off. 
He doesn't even try to save his partner. He takes off. Well, he well he turns and remember you were laughing about it. He 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 rounds the corner and he draws his gun at the druids and he fucking kills all of them because they just knew he was there. They yeah. were about to just turn around and fucking yeet an axe at him. And then, yeah, yeah, and then uh fucking Empress Sierra runs the fuck away into the night, never to be seen again. Like no bullshit. I think one shot, but it's not like she ever comes back. No, at all. <laughs> Yeah, and he actually talks to Wilson. Then we find out his partner's name is Damian Wilson, and he fucking talks to him. And this is what we were laughing at earlier. As he's being tortured and like, you know, enchanted over, he's wearing like this, these black slacks and this burgundy button up silk shirt with his badge around a chain on his neck. This motherfucker was granted the power of like rookie police uniform instantly. Like, like NYPD looking shit. <laughs> he just, he turns around. He's not even mad that he's like, you know, he's like, I can't be killed. Mm-hmm. They took my clothes. <laughs> took my badge and replaced with another one. You better go get my clothes. <laughs> I like that burgundy shirt. Got it on sale. Can't get it no more. <laughs> they don't make that kind. You better go get my shirt, motherfucker. <laughs> that's, that, that's pure silk. <laughs> that's the whole reason he's pissed off. He's not pissed because his partner fucking left in there. He's mad because he can't get his shirt back. Yep. That's my lucky shirt, man. I got laid on that thing so many times. I bought it at the Sears. Before it shut down. I bought it at the Sears and Roebuck, motherfucker. Now I can't find the Sears no more. God damn it. So yeah, Wilson is basically this demon cop. Who was pissed the fuck off about his silk button up. Mm. And the captain comes back and they're like, you okay? He's like, oh yeah, I'm fine. Just, I'm sitting there sweating bullets, but I'm fine. Yeah, he, he pretty much just tells Miller to fuck off somewhere. He's just like, you know, I'm your boss and you'll listen to me, damn it. And he's like, I'm fine. Fine. Fuck off, Cap. <laughs> Not really. He's just like, fine. All right, Cap. See you. Peace. And then he sits and pulls this newspaper clipping down and he sees a vision of uh, Sierra Ed and, and he's just like, ah, and he fucking, like, shuts it back. Why would you have that on you at all times? I don't know, but it's just fucking convenient to me. This like possessed newspaper article. He's like 20 years ago. I'm keeping this fucking possess. He's, it looks like a Harry Potter page. He's just like, look at this. Yeah. It's like, Oh my God. What was the name of that newspaper in that movie? The daily prophet, dude. That's right. I knew it was daily something. I kept thinking daily bugle, but that's fucking Spider-Man. You serious? Yeah. It's not that, but yeah. So he puts the haunted newspaper clipping away. And I think this is where Lewis and Miller try to connect. Because he was hitting on her, and basically Miller is hitting on any female in that office. I mean, he was hitting on his partner, Val. She was apparently too old for him. Right. They keep fucking with each other, but it's like, it's a weird, like, friendly flirt. Like, they just fucking with each other and shit, but he's like, he's half serious and shit. Yeah. This is like the lunch scene where Cooper and Miller, like, you realize that they don't necessarily get along all the way because he's trying to figure out if he knows something about the captain hiding anything, and Cooper's just like, no, I don't really know much at all, but he's kind of pissed about it. And this is where they kind of go start asking Gus about everything because he's sober now. And pretty decently dressed, by the way. Yeah. I just I fucking love the line where he's just like, okay, Gus, my favorite homeless person. How you doing? <laughs> okay, sir. Oh, don't call me, sir. You can call me Detective Miller. I know I'm not as sexy as Val or that, that hot Asian sexy thing going on the way Tom does, but I'm okay. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, dude? Miller has the best lines like throughout he, the whole fucking film. Yeah, he really does. But... Basically, Gus tells them all about this cop, and he's like, I know you don't believe me, but I'm sober. This thing crawled straight from hell. Wait. I know, right? I know you don't believe me, but I'm sober. Yeah, he's like, I'm sober. 
I know you don't believe you're me. You're homeless, dude. How are you not so... How, no, no. Where's your chip? Have you been to AA? No shit. Gus is like, uh... No. Well, Miller makes another joke about, like, digging down to hell to find... He's like, all right, I got it. So we get some pickaxes and some shovels, and we start digging to the ground, and when it starts getting hot, well, no, we've reached hell and all this mm. other bullshit. Well, Val just takes Gus, and she, you know, because she's going to get through to him, and he tells her, and... The cab is like, well, invite him to the party, get him some fresh clothes and get him, you know, cleaned up. Wait, wait, we're having a party. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's not canceled. No, it's not canceled whatsoever. So let's get to the party because this is kind of like the last piece of the film. Yeah. Y'all. The goddamned obvious fake plastic beer in the glasses. I'm not talking about like, oh, the fake plastic glass with beer. We're talking the actual drink in the glass is fucking plastic. It's fake. And it's so obvious and it's funny. There's several people with these cups or these glasses and they're moving enough to where it would create motion with the liquid. And it's just literally like if you have like a blizzard from Dairy Queen, if you hold it upside down, this is pretty much what it would do. It would stand still. It's going to stay. Yeah. What was making me laugh, though, is Cooper, the way Cooper was fucking jiving, like Chris's character, he's just like fucking jiving around his shit, and he should be like fucking dousing people behind him with a drink if it was real. <laughs> yeah. Just slot. But there's other people with actual drinks, though, too. That's what's cracking me up. Yeah, but there was only like a few people that did. Like the captain had it. I think it was Lewis, and I think one or two other people. But yeah, they all had like wine or beer or some sort. It was like the main group of people that did. And this fucking exchange makes me laugh because the captain, Tom and Gus are standing next to each other talking. And I love the cap's like, you having fun, Tom? And he's like, I, I don't really, really go to parties. I'm usually taking care of my mom. And the captain's like, well, you should have brought her along. I didn't really think about bringing her. It would be kind of awkward. Well, you should have brought your girlfriend or something. I, I don't have a girlfriend. And then Gus is like, why not? It's a long story. Well, I'm all ears. Yeah. No, nobody will date me. Well, that doesn't sound like a very long story to me. <laughs> fucking awkward silence and shit. God fucking great, man. But this is where we get more of like the horror aspect. So like Wilson is there with a flashlight just peeking around. And then there's a cop in the precinct in full uniform. That's not officer Lewis. So I want to know where this guy's fucking been the whole time. I mean, if the whole precinct was having the party, they must have had at least one, maybe two cops. They were like, let's keep it small. We're only going to have like maybe 10 people or less. So like they just kind of handpicked. You get to come to the party. You get to come to the party. Fuck you. You're, you're on cool. patrol. Yeah, you're on patrol. Fuck you. You're our security. Mm -hmm. Well, this dude gets his fucking head ripped off. Yeah. Like nice way to shoot it to save on the budget by just shooting it like in the shadow and just spraying the wall with blood, mm -hmm. but you still get the fucking picture. Oh yeah. And it looked good. That's one thing I do want to like commend is like the makeup effect on officer Wilson looks great. Yeah. Great makeup. Great. Just portrayal of the voice and great acting in general. Like that was, he was probably my favorite character next to Miller. Yeah. Lovey Johnson was really fucking convincing. Mm-hmm. Like, really convincing. But, yeah. So, Miller and Lewis. Lewis was drunk and hitting on Miller as much as he was hitting on her. Well, she decided she needed to go to the bathroom. So, she stumbles on her way to the bathroom. All the stalls were locked or they were taken. I don't even know what the fuck happened. But she decides to piss in the sink. Drunk as hell. When you gotta go, you gotta go. But the problem here is you can clearly tell her dress was still down and she was pissing, quote, in the sink. <laughs> like, I don't have time to wait. 
Just let it trickle down like a freaking trough. Just fuck it. <laughs> but here comes Officer Wilson. Yeah, like everybody is just partying it up, completely obviously oblivious because it's loud. There's music and shit, and he just comes out of one of the stalls. If there's like a there's a couple of shots. I'm not like laughing like oh it's so bad. I'm laughing because like the shots they picked where he's got her by the throat and he's like choking her against the wall and she's just looking at him like, are you done yet? <laughs> I've been choked harder than this. <laughs> you pussy. <laughs> this is why I don't date anyone because they're all wusses. <laughs> they can't properly choke my ass. Right. But he did. Oh, he fucked her up because at some point Cooper's just like, you know, I think I should go check and see if she's okay. Just ironically. Yeah, so he stumbles, uh, stumbles in, but he walks in like a bunch of rooms and he finally finds her and he is like flipped the fuck out and he's like crying. He like takes his shirt off and covers her up. He's like, I'm so sorry. And he fucking leaves and he's just like, officer, come here. Come quick. There's a body. And you can tell in the distance it's Wilson. Right. Bro. Look, okay. I got I have to laugh at this because it, I just did not expect it. The way that motherfucker just hunched forward and just fucking like Darts. full goddamn like arms way above his head and on his like, he's fucking running like a damn track star. He's like from that from Get Out, that guy that runs towards uh the house and he just darts <laughs> to the left side. <laughs> like you expect him to do something, he's just nope. Dude, but it's funny the way his limbs were just way the fuck out. Hot pursuit. Oh my god, yeah. He was like I'm gonna fuck you up. You broke the law. <laughs> I am the law. <laughs> you broke me. So yeah, isn't this the part where Cooper recuperates? And goes back and tells the rest of the crew, it's like, hey, there's some guy killing people and Lewis is dead. Yeah. But he's like, he's a little more flipped out about it. But what makes me laugh about this is also that they keep calling, or I say they, Miller keeps calling out the captain. He's like, you were scared. He's like, every time we talk about this motherfucker, you, you were scared. Like, you know, something's up. So Cooper and Miller and Val decide, fuck this. We're going to take this bastard down. He killed Lewis. Right. So they go and they, Go to the uh, the weapons closet, which is just a room with all the leftover weapon props from Syndicate Smasher, because let's be honest, that movie had a dick ton of fucking weaponry in it. That was the evidence locker. <laughs> yeah, it was the evidence locker from Syndicate Smasher's bust. Yeah, that precinct called them. Yeah, they did. I'm telling you, they did. And then they, like, rehabilitated them into, like, cultists and cops. and <laughs> Well, Tom and Wilson wind up showing up because at some point, Wilson has turned Tom into his one of his zombies. So I guess he's a zombie now. So the reason behind that was he sensed fear in Tom. And he's like, why are you so afraid? And he's like, everyone picks on me. I can make it stop. It's like, how? By giving you the power to intimidate them. So he puts a Nintendo power glove on him. Yeah. And he becomes, like you said, a Tommy. <laughs> but no, actually, he really just gives him the blue light special. He grabs him by the wrist and he like violently contorts while there's a blue light flashing. It's like Kmart. It's the blue light special. He was having flashbacks of buying his shirt. Yeah. Kmart and Sears were owned by the same company. <laughs> Do we not see the correlation there? Burgundy button up silk shirt. So literally these two connected because they bought the shirts at the same company. That's right. He was just like, I know that your shirt came from Kmart. We're friends now. I can respect that. <laughs> Did we become best friends? Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. So they're firing at them when they bust in the room and the weapons are not working. Wilson just punches the captain down. Well, they shoot them enough to incapacitate them to escape into some random ass, I don't know, parking garage or some outside inside room somewhere. 
And this is where they get the captain to finally like spill his guts about the story. There's a fucking line in here that I have got to just fucking laugh at, though. He's like, 20 years ago, I wasn't a captain. I was a cop. You're still a cop, dude. In some form or fashion, you are still a cop. <laughs> I wasn't a cop. I wasn't a captain. I was a cop. I was a copton. Straight out of copton. Yeah, exactly. So he, he's, he's like, well, that night Wilson died and the truth died with him. There was a cult there that was sacrificing children. I ran and Wilson didn't. They found him and tortured him. And before I knew it, the place was in flames. They crucified him. His face. Oh, God, he was in such pain and I couldn't reach him. So I left. I'm like, dude, what? First of all, where were these kids they were sacrificing? Nowhere. And, and secondly, I love how he was just like, he sold his soul to the devil to seek revenge and relieve his pain. Like he, from the looks of it, was involuntarily sold to the devil. Like you just happened to get caught investigating this warehouse. Is like, yeah, I just feel like selling my soul. <laughs> I'm tired of being a cop. And then ironically became a demon cop. <laughs> Lorraine Landon's character fucking lied to him. You can have all the burgundy button up shirts you want. <laughs> You get none. You get blue. <laughs> He's depressed for the rest of his life. It's like, this isn't even my color. It doesn't match my eyes. God damn it. There's nothing to compliment my do, my shoes, my pants. It's all the same. He doesn't even have a do. He has a fucking hat on his head the entire time. Exactly. He's cursed to not like be able to do what the fuck he wants. It's like I'm in this bullshit uniform. Not able to do his do. <laughs> no Mountain Dew for you either, buddy. That'd Nothing. Be, that'd be funny if like his hat was permanently attached to his head. He couldn't even take the damn thing off. Oh my god, that's fucking cursed, man. Like they shoot the hat off and it's like it can't come off. <laughs> I can't be killed. I can't get undressed. The hat is protection. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> so they basically tell the captain how much of a coward he is and then he agrees. He's like, yeah, I'm a fucking coward. So they're like, well, we're gonna serve and protect the public and they're like, right! And that chick... Like the way she holds the gun up, she like strikes the fucking um, like the eighteen post. She's like, "Yeah, kick, <laughs> ready to go." Yeah, the cap's just like, "I agree." And he grabs a fucking rocket launcher. Where the hell do you keep an RPG? Which again goes back to the evidence locker with Syndicate Smasher, obviously. But still, if that wasn't even the case, where the hell do you get an RPG? In this whole fucking... Like, what do you need an RPG for? For times like this. Desperate times call for desperate measures. For times like this. For times like these. <laughs> Speaking of Tom, Val and Miller encounter him in the hallway. And they he's sitting there and he's just like, You're a two-faced whore. She's like, Tom, stop. You're a two-faced whore. Just stop it, Tom. You're a two-faced whore. And they fucking just kill him. And before they leave, probably one of the funniest lines in the movie. She's, she's like, let's go. And Miller's like, no, I'm waiting on the jump scare. She's like, what's a jump scare? And he fucking sits back up. Jump scare happens and he fucking that. shoots him. Great <laughs> shit. And then we get to the final showdown where the captain is, he tells all three of them to fucking leave because this is his fight. This is his war and he's going to end it tonight. So Wilson shows up and I, I really like it because he, he really gives a great, like I'm not bullshit. He gives a really good like dialogue. Again, he's a very convincing like villain character. He, he gives this entire dialogue about how he's going to burn the fucking world, but he's going to start with the captain because he left him and all this other shit. Well, he starts like dousing him in gasoline and he's got a match lit up ready to light him on fire. So the captain says some shit back. He takes a couple steps back and at point blank range goes full blown Chuck Bronson Death Wish 3 and RPGs the fuck out of him at point blank range. And you were laughing at the fucking, like, the way it cuts. Because mm -hmm. it cuts, like, to the fireworks for New Year's. Yeah. Because at first, I'm not going to lie, when I saw it, too, I was like, did they really, like, put 
firework footage in place of like a giant explosion. Cause like that was it at first I was like that what? And then I realized, Oh, that's meant to be like, like that. <laughs> or maybe that was actually like the new type of firework at the fireworks. Stand. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even like an RPG. He's like desperate times call for desperate measures. Look at this black cat 5,000. I just bought at the fireworks stand. <laughs> This is the like um, bottle rocket yeah. 2.0, <laughs> literally. But no, I was going to go back to the whole scene with Wilson, right? So like you say, he delivered really good dialogue. He had the great atmosphere, the great tone of voice and everything like that. It reminded me, if any of you watch American Horror Story, the Coven section, the whole series right there, Papa Legba was one of my favorite characters in that whole set. And he gave me such a vibe of Papa Legba because he was literally taunting him about how you, you know, your soul is going to be damned because you did this and this and this. And the way his face looked, the way he, his cadence was, it just, it, it was correlation to those characters. I was like, man, I really like this character even more because it just has that resonance to Papa Legba for me. So yeah, I mean, just overall. Beautiful, beautiful monster, dude. Yeah, and that's not to say that everybody else wasn't as good too, because like I want to, and I want to point that out before we get to the end of the movie, like the ending shots of it. Everybody did great. Everybody, like I really enjoyed, like the line delivery. I really enjoyed everybody's everybody's parts. They played them well, but to get to the ending after the fireworks go off, the trio are outside. They're just like, oh yeah, it's over. Blah blah blah. And then Cooper looks up and he's like, oh shit, Clawson. And it's, it's Lisa London mm-hmm. who, who we've had on the show for interviews, total sweetheart, fucking love her to death. And it was so funny to me because she's so nice, like legit. She's one of the nicest people I've ever talked to. And she comes off the fucking screen and she's just like, look at you. Like she says something like, she's like, look at you three stooges conjuring up this bullshit. Like nobody believes. <laughs> so, oh my she God. Was a fucking grouchy bitch. <laughs> she was ringing him a new asshole. And it was so fucking funny, dude. She's like, how, how are we going to explain this precinct being blown up? Like and- fiery redhead. She's like, I've got bodies up there and you three sons of bitches. Like, <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> like she is just reaming them, dude. But yeah, th- the truth will come out. So the trio, awkward third wheel scenario because Miller and Val apparently go out together Mm -hmm. and Cooper's like yeah see y'all later (laughs) yeah he's like we were good tonight I'll see y'all later yeah and the way the movie ends is just classic cliffhanger or classic like oh this could be a sequel or hell good standalone story Lisa's character Detective Clawson and she's walking around one of the hallways and she's just like scumbags think I'm an idiot do I look like I was born yesterday? Give me a break. What a load of fucking shit. And then she fucking turns around right as Wilson rounds the corner and he just looks, he's like, unbelievable, isn't it? And they just end on like her screaming as he's laughing and it zooms in on his face when, and then that's the end. And God, what a fucking great movie, dude. Amityville cop. Seriously. Like I know a lot of people like give it that like oh it's a good bad movie of course it's a good bad movie of course it fucking is but like it's more good than it is bad oh definitely like it's got the right amount of cornball in it you know what i'm saying like that right amount and even though it wasn't purposely done that way i'm telling you it was it ah fuck yeah like this is probably this is probably one of the best like cinema epic releases Mm -hmm. seriously 
So if you have a chance to go, it's on Vimeo. If you have the chance and you've got like the 299 to spend on it, you can get it for a 48 hour rental. I've rented it twice. I've watched it probably six fucking times. It, it's, it's a wonderful movie. Oh yeah. So give these people your attention and support indie filmmaking at its very finest. Support our homeboys. Craig and Gino. Hell give, yeah. Give them all that support, man. Oh, fuck yeah. And everybody else with the film. God damn it. Yes, please. <laughs> Most of these other people that are in this movie are in many of the cinema epic releases. I mean, like we quoted earlier, like Syndicate Smasher and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, definitely give all these people your attention. Check out their other films that they've been in. And while you're at it, check us out at SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com to listen to past, present, and future episodes. Or just compliment us because you check us out. Looking good. Just look at our butts. I don't have a butt picture. Super media butts. Um, you might. I don't have a butt. I don't either, but they can imagine what it looks like. That's a, that's a good thing to do is like, let the imagination run free. That's right. <laughs> Check out all the other shows on the Odd Pods Media Network. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on social media. Come buy some merchandise from us. You know, we should have like a cop hat with the logo on it. Just like a, a limited time <laughs> run. <laughs> right. You want to protect your head? <laughs> <laughs> you want to have it sewn on? You want to uh, protect the law from lawbreakers? And by lawbreakers, we mean people who give us one-star ratings. That's right. <laughs> if you'd like to combat the bastards that give us the one-star ratings, go to Good Pods, Podchaser, or iTunes and leave us five stars. Give us a rating. Tell us what you think. Even if you think we suck, leave us five stars and be like, you guys fucking suck. And we may bless you with a hat. <laughs> and if we can't bless you with a hat, you can buy our new Super Media Bros. Raglan tee. Available in three colors. Mm-hmm. Check that shit out. That will keep you bulletproof. At least from the bad opinions and the one stars negativities. Yeah. yeah. It'll keep, it'll keep you safe from the Amityville cop. Cause it'd be like, Oh, you suck as a person. Pull that shirt out. Oh, wait, hold on one second. Wait, you don't suck. Hold on. You got a culture. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We've got other episodes to record now, so we're going to go protect and serve those sons of bitches while you get protected and served by your raglan tee or your fictional hat that we're going to promise you and not give you. Or just get a cutout poster of Officer Wilson and put it in your bedroom. <laughs> just have him stand at the fucking foot of your bed. Oh my God. I just imagine him like sprawled out on like a fucking fireplace. <laughs> in the full makeup garb and shit. Yeah. You're just looking. He's just like sexy, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, shit. He's breaking the jaws because it's like jaw dropping. Mm, breaking the jaw. Breaking the jaw. <laughs> <laughs> breaking the jaw. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> well, we'll cover his crotch, though. His hat. <laughs> well, he can't take it off. Exactly. Protection. <laughs> He's always safe. He uses protection. <laughs> <sighs> the badge don't protect. My hat does. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for checking this episode out. Be sure to rent the movie, support Cinema Epoch, support Greg, Gino, and the rest of the cast and crew. Come check us out for the rest of Spooky Media Bros Month and all of our other episodes. Until next time, I've been Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okami. Shades on. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs>